It was a black Puerto Rican sound. Yeah, baby. Sherman sent the Wayback Machine for 1960. Wow, I see colors. Hello, Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide. Today, Boogaloo and Latin Soul. Great party records from a time when New York Puerto Rican music merged with rhythm and blues. Like Ray Barreto's 1967 hit, The Soul Drummers. Barreto from back in the days with the Soul Drummers. Georges Collinet here on Afropop Worldwide. 
Latin soul and Latin jazz were already happening in the early 60s. But the Boogaloo movement reached critical mass around 1966, when a band led by piano player Pete Rodriguez had some monster hits. The thing that we did was a party thing. You know what I mean? Anybody could have played what we were playing in a sense. The thing that we did was keep it so that everybody could relate to it. I mean, people would come on stage and sing with us. So it was like a revival. It was a happening. Nobody planned it. The guy who wrote and sang the tunes was Tony Pabon. Today, Tony is a well-known Latin record distributor in New York. We talked to him about how it all got started. One of the gigs that we had uh, was at the Palm Gardens, the old Palm Gardens that later went on and became the Cheetah. We used to play there on Sundays, and it was mostly a black audience who, who, who liked to listen to Cool and the Gang and so forth, but they also liked their Latin music. It was always full to the capacity. But the guys that used to run that thing, he said to us, you know, it'd be nice if you guys, while you're playing this Latin music, you could put a little uh, flavor, you know, soul flavor to it. I think the band that does that, we would use them more frequently. I came up with, with the composition and the arrangement of Pete's Boogaloo. That's how the Boogaloo word came into the Latin music thing. The Boogaloo was in existence in the black uh, music field, but it, it crossed over to us when we did Pete's Boogaloo, and they loved it. Here's the Pete Rodriguez Orchestra with I Like It Like That on Afropop Worldwide.
Ricardo Ray with Looky Looky. Before that, Pete Rodriguez with I Like It Like That. Georges Collinet with you on Afropop Worldwide. Today, Boogaloo, the first homegrown New York Latin music. The palladium was dying. Mambo wasn't selling at all. It, it needed a boost. The boost came with the Boogaloo. That's Pete Terrace. Real name, Pete Gutierrez. His name was shortened by Josephine Baker when he was her drummer in Paris in the 40s. Pete has a master's degree in composition and percussion from Juilliard, but he always did his own Latin thing. We asked Pete if the break in relations with Cuba in the early 60s had anything to do with the Boogaloo movement. Prior to the Boogaloo, what was new in Cuba was what we wanted to do, as opposed to why don't we do our own thing. The fact that uh, with Castro taking over in the 60s and so forth, the music from Cuba stopped coming in. So we were forced to start our own way of playing. 
our own thing. Here comes Speed.
That's an obscure classic from King Nando, real name Federico Rivera. You've probably never even heard of the label he was on, Swinger Records. But there was a time when people lined up down the block to hear him. The music was opening. We were having uh, straight salsa in those days. We were having boogaloo with blues. We were having blues with salsa. We were having, I mean, the 
The area was rich with music. Johnny Colon, band leader and community activist. He's run the East Harlem Music School on East 104th Street for the last 22 years. Some of New York's best salsa musicians learned the basics at Johnny's school. In the middle of his busy day, we got Johnny to reminisce about his song, Boogaloo Blues, one of the biggest of all Boogaloo hits. I'm fiddling around at the piano with this stuff on Boogaloo Blues, and I was doing it as a blues, and then I was picking it up into a mambo. And George Goldner came over and said, wow, I like that groove, you know. Uh, I said, yeah, but then it turns into a mambo. He says, wow, did you ever consider just keeping it in the groove? I said, well, not really. I thought that the mambo thing would... But then I went home and I thought about it. It was about maybe two o'clock in the morning and I'm at the piano and I close my eyes and I just let the groove take me away. That was a Friday night. I called the rehearsal on a Sunday. We rehearsed what we had. And um, all of a sudden we just knew, we knew we had it. And then we, we um, played it at a couple of places to see how it would go. Well, the kids went crazy. Here's Johnny Colon with Tito Ramos singing, doing Boogaloo Blues.
Johnny Collins Boogaloo Blues. I'm Georges Collinet. You're listening to Afropop Worldwide. Gilbert Calderon become Joe Cuba. Catalina Rolón was a uh, promoter, and he booked us in the Stardust Ballroom, 
And the owner of Salas Borum says, who's Gilbert Conner? I can't put his name up in lengths. So Catalina Rolong invented Joe Cuba. I looked into the newspaper on Friday night and I saw Joe Cuba appearing in the Stardust Ballroom. And I called Catalina, I said, who's this guy that took my job? He said, that's you. I said, how could it be me? You know, he said, well, that's what it is. He didn't want to put Gilbert Calderon, you're Joe Cuba. The Joe Cuba Sextet was already a well-known Latin band when the Latin soul movement got off the ground. We asked Joe about his 1966 hit, Bang Bang. That tune was written by the people. You know, Jimmy Sabaten, my drummer, wrote the vamp. He brought in the vamp. But the people brought in the tune that, ah, beep, beep, ah, beep, beep, ah, she freaks, ah, that's the people that did that. And I took that from them and put it into the tune. We worked the Palm Gardens, which later became the Cheetah. And Jimmy Sabater was bugging me. He said, Sonny, I have a vamp. I said, Jimmy, don't bother me. We got all the tunes we need. We were really moving. We were popular. We were number one. We were top build. We were everything. Who the hell needs another vamp? He said, this vamp is going to make these people go crazy. I said, Jimmy, do me a favor. So to get them off my back, I bet them a beer. I told the group, if the people react to the vamp, we come in. If they don't react, we stop like it's a sign off. Well, I'll tell you something, man. That vamp... Got to them, man. And they started moving. Beep, beep. Ha, she freaks. Ha, ho, boop. Ha, that's 500, 600 people doing that, you know, and I almost dropped dead. I couldn't believe it. I brought the group in. We didn't know what we were doing because we never played it. And we just followed it.
Gilberto Cruz with Chan Chuyo. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and PRI, Public Radio International affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from Celebrate Brooklyn in Prospect Park. Free concerts featuring distinguished artists from around the world. More info at brcartsmedia.org. 
slash BCBF. And from City Parks Foundation's Summer Stage Festival, presenting free concerts in all five New York boroughs, featuring Mavis Staples, Toto Labompossina, Daime Arosena, and more. More info at summerstage.org. Don't touch that dial. Ay, Chihuahua, wipe out! As Boogaloo got bigger and bigger, some of the more established Latin band leaders got into the act. Tito Puente, who despised Boogaloo, started recording it. The great Machito cut a smoking album called Soul of Machito. And Eddie Palmieri did a very classy album called Champagne. Here's a cut from it, with none other than Cachao on bass and vocalist Cheo Feliciano, who had just left Joe Cuba's group. Ay, que rico! Como? Palmieri, Bugalú. Arriba con el tasty, tasty.
a gozar Ahora Allí es donde más te surquea Ahora sí Hasta la negra Dorotea Ahora Está sí. bailando Mugueno Ahora sí Baila mi son genuino Ahora sí Que siempre a cantar me inspira Ahora sí Con este sabroso Mugueno Machito with Ahora Si. Making party music is one thing, but making a living is another. Joe Cuba remembers what it was like getting paid for his records. As for myself, anytime I needed any money, I got it. See, that's the bad thing. I never went up and said, hey, how much is due me? I always went up and said, hey, I need X amount for a house. I got it. I bought a house. I need X amount for a car. I got it. I'm tired, Morris. He would send me Morris Levy. Go to Puerto Rico for a week. So we never really went after royalties, you know? As to whether we were given our right count or the wrong count, you never really know when it comes to record companies. And I think we were lucky. We lived a very good time. And I don't think today you can go to any company and say, hey, I need this, I need that, and get it. But in those days, I would walk up. I would say, Mars, I need $5,000. He would never say what for. He would just call up the, the treasurer and say, hey, Write up a check for Joe, 5Gs. You know, and I think that's one of the mistakes we may have made as far as trying to keep track of what we were supposed to be making, you know? When the Boogaloo died out, it went quickly. We asked Tony Pabon why it died. It continuously had opposition to it. They really felt it was, it was like not Latin music, and it didn't have a place where true Latin music was being played. Johnny Colon gets a little more specific. There was a conspiracy to kill it. And they did exactly that. And I can tell you that the conspiracy was with one major booking agent here who retired and went to Miami. And I've never said this, but I'm telling you now because I think it's time. It was with uh, almost all of the major record, Latin uh, record company producers at that time. It was with all of the, almost all of the promoters and in a few radio commercial stations, radio disc jockeys at that time. And the thing was, that they were going to cut out all of the young musicians, cut out all of the young band leaders, cut out any young expression, um, musical expression, and only certain artists that were booked by this particular agent who was here for time immemorial, only their acts were going to be put up. And all of a sudden, all you see around in town playing is so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and they're playing all the gigs. Oye, yes, Pito! I want to play you one more big hit now. Joe Cuba's El Pito, which means The Whistle. Subtitled, I'll Never Go Back to Georgia. Lyrics lifted from Dizzy Gillespie. It was very popular, especially with black audiences. Here's Joe's account of how they made it. El Pito was Charlie Palmieri's vamp, his sign-off. Was That was his sign-off. Our sign-off was New country cornflakes, new country cornflakes. You remember that, that ad? So Charlie and I, well, 
Rest in peace with always beloved friends we used to meet in, in a bar, crossing the Palladium, me, him, and Eddie, and Tito. And I don't know if it was in a bar or in a club that I told Charlie, man, I'm so sick and tired of my sign-off. I'm looking for a new sign-off. You got any ideas? He said, yeah, you take mine and I'll take yours. And that's what happened. I took his, that was our sign-off, and Charlie took, no country can't play, no country can't play. We went in to record. At that time, it was 12 tunes on an album. I had 11. The 12 tunes stunk, man. There was no way in the world I was going to put it on. The tune for the hit album, yeah, was already picked. It was Prevalu. I said, look, Teddy, put out 11 or forget it. So then he said, you got to make it up. I said, okay. We had an hour left. So, I, so then Nick Jimenez, I believe it was Nick, said, hey, Sonny, how about run, run, don't gang, go on, gang, you know, kidding around. So I told everybody, go into the booth and do what you feel like doing. Make noise, stomp your feet, invent anything you want. Henny Alvarez came up with the whistle. He came up with the laugh, <laughs> you know? And everybody clapped their hands and everything. And then we did it for a few bars and it stopped. And Nick said, what do I do? I said, just keep going. And that's what we did over and over. The reason I became the composer and Jimmy Salatel, we were composers because the composers didn't want no part of it. They said, that's not a tune. Come on, give us a break. We're writers, man. We don't want to know. Who knew that that tune was going to go where it went? And the tune was the B-side of Prevalu. And the reason it went, I forget the name of the disc jockey on WLIB that got sick and tired of playing Prevalu and turned it around. He said, man, let's see what the other side sounds like. And that was it. The calls came in and it became the monster hit it became.
Joe Cuba. Afropop Worldwide is produced by Sean Barlow for World Music Productions. Co-production for this program by Ned Sublet and Max Salazar. Special thanks to Dr. Vernon Boggs and Harry Sepulveda. Our engineer is Steven Erickson. Our editors are Marika Partridge and Ira Glass. I'm Georges Collinet.